And I want to speak about having faith in God. And it's, it's such a vital aspect of our Christian walk. And I believe we all put our faith in something. I remember some years ago watching somebody speak about the, the, the difference between creationism and evolutionism. And they were saying that both take faith. And then the man said, in fact, it takes more faith to believe evolution. And sometimes I think, you know, we, we, we underestimate how much faith we actually exercise in our lives. And the question is, where should our faith be placed? And do we live our lives with faith in God? And I believe that the Lord is calling us back to living a life of faith in God. And He wants each one of us to develop in this area so that our faith can grow. Now, John introduced the subject at the beginning of the year from Jude 1 and verse 20. It says, But you, beloved, keep building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, and looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Now, in essence, we've just had an altar call, and that is a picture of that scripture. What happens is we place our faith in Jesus Christ by way of the prayer of faith, and then we trust for the miracle of new birth and the ultimate reward of eternal life. That's faith. It's a picture of faith. And uh, my father used to always say this. He says, how much faith does it take to live your kind of Christian life? How much faith does it take? Well, that's something each one of us has to answer. And maybe at different stages and during things that we go through during the course of life, it calls for different, different degrees of faith. I don't know. But I'm sure that everybody here is trusting God in one area or another. And the question is, what do you place your faith in? What do you place your faith in? Because I believe God is calling us back to a new level of faith in Him. And I see a new wave of faith where people will begin to trust God like never before. That they would be more dependent on Him, not less dependent on Him. And I believe trusting God includes trusting for the fulfillment of His promises and that we will see wonderful things happen. That's part of it. A faith in God is, is vital if we're going to move forward. But the question is, what do you place your faith in? What are you placing your faith in today? Now, there's several things we can, we can put our faith in. The first thing is, we can put our faith in the past. We can say, well, this has worked for me up to now, so it's going to work for me in the future. We can put our faith in the past. We call this traditionalism. What's worked before will work now, so I'll put my faith in the past. And in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, Since you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver as gold, as silver and gold, 
from your vain manner of life received by tradition from your fathers. And so the Bible says we must not place our faith in the past. It's a vain thing to do. It's a vain manner of life when we place our trust in the past. The past is no guarantee for the future. Another thing people place their faith in is things. We call that materialism. And as long as we've got our things, we're okay. I remember there was a friend of mine and he went through a rough time and he went through a bankruptcy and a liquidation and the bank eventually came and took his things away from him and he was so furious. He says to me, Niemand fat my goed. He was so angry because of what had happened, because his trust was in things. And I believe it's a very popular thing in the world today. People trust in the things that they have. There's a famous pop singer who wrote the song, and it has these words in it. It says, losing everything is like the sun going down on me. Well, if your faith is in things, then losing everything is like the sun going down on you. It says in Proverbs 11 verse 8, it says, evil people get rich for the moment. It's almost like materialism is for the moment. It goes on, but the reward of the godly will last. And things may give you a lift for a moment, but that soon fades. Uh, about three years ago, I had the privilege for the first time in my life to buy a brand new motor car. Never happened before, and uh, it was wonderful. And I must tell you, when I drove off that showroom floor, I felt like a million dollars. <laughs> as I drove, I bought it in Johannesburg, and as I drove through to Pretoria, I felt like I was the most blessed man on the planet. And I thought, my children will never eat a thing in this car. They will never drink a drop of liquid in this motor car. This motor car is an extension of my personality. Ah. Ah, so special. Ah. Well, it's three years later. That car has become my mode of transport. And my children are welcome to eat and drink and do whatever they need to do. Because you can't trust in things. You can't put your trust in things. <laughs> it sounds like I'm ringing a familiar bell here for somebody. <laughs> Another thing people put their faith in is position. If they can just be in the position that they want to be. Or if they can just be connected to the people in position. We saw a bit of that play out in Parliament this week. <laughs> it was like a fight for position and a, a fight for who you're connected to and who you're not connected with. And, and, and people put their faith in position. I'm this. I'm that. I know that person. 
And we put our faith in that and we think, well, if we're in that position, we'll be able to solve any problems we may have. Or if we know somebody in the right position, we can, we can solve any problem we may have. But it says in Psalm 146 and verse 3, it says, don't put your confidence in powerful people. And then it says, there is no help for you there. Man, is that a sobering scripture. Another thing people put their faith in is religion. Religion. And we call this Phariseeism because the Pharisees did this. They put their confidence in their form of godliness, in their their religious practices. They They put their faith in that. They said, if I'm doing the right thing, if I'm seen at the right place, if I'm praying the loudest, if, if, if I'm going through my religious rituals or whatever, uh, then, uh, then I'm okay. In Luke 18 verse 9, it says, Jesus also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves, thinking they were righteous, but looking down on everyone else. And you see, faith in religion brings death, but faith in God brings relationship and life. Another thing people put their faith in is man. Faith in man. We call this humanism, where we put our faith in man. And this has taken the world by storm, where humanity thinks it's its own God, and it can solve its own problems. And maybe you live a little bit like that. You think, no, well, I can solve my own problems. I can, I can sort my own problems out. Well, I want to tell you, faith in man is something the Bible says brings a curse. It says in Jeremiah 17, verse 5, it says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man who draws strength from mere flesh and whose heart is turned away from the Lord. The last one I just wanted to identify, I believe there are many things we place our faith in, and this is faith in reason. We've got to have reason. We've got to have evidence. We call this rationalism. And oftentimes people, if they don't have the evidence, then they won't believe. And they, they allow that to block, I believe, what God has for them. Proverbs 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And many of us put our faith in our understanding, in our ideas. And I believe this is so crucial. And then it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that's where our faith should actually rest, as we trust the Lord with all our hearts. So that was my first point. My first point was, what do you place your faith in? My second point is that faith in God opens the door to possibilities. It really, it opens the door to possibilities. You see, faith sweeps the believer out of the everyday the normal, the run-of-the-mill type of life into the supernatural. That's what faith does. And it was Jesus who said, 
with God, all things are possible. What are you facing today that, that appears impossible or you've been told is impossible? It's in Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus also said, all things are possible to him who believes. That's in Mark 9, 23. Jesus said, everything is possible to him who believes. And this means that through faith, all that is possible with God becomes possible in us. It's the most wonderful thing. And so faith in God opens the door to possibilities. I believe possibilities in terms of miracles, possibilities in terms of breakthroughs, possibilities in terms of signs and wonders, possibilities of changed hearts. Why? Because with God, nothing is impossible. No matter what you may be facing. So faith in God opens the door to possibilities. But what is faith actually? That's maybe a little bit more difficult to, to define. In English, we have two words for faith. We have a noun, the word faith, and we have a verb, to believe. Those are the two words we have in English. In Greek, there are two words, also words that bring out that same emphasis, faith and to believe. And both of these words have the same root meaning, faith and believe. So in the Greek, they have the same root meaning. And this very aspect of faith appears in the New Testament around 600 times with the Greek root word for faith or to believe. Now, if something can appear in, 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 in that section of the book 600 times, Surely it is of importance. And that's why it has to be important in our lives. And many of the themes of the New Testament have this aspect of faith that runs through them. And I believe it should be an obvious priority. So to have faith is to believe in God. Fortunately, the Bible gives us a beautiful definition in Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. So it says it's the substance, and then it says it's the evidence. Two strange words. The first word is substance. And substance literally means that which stands under or provides the basis for. That's what substance means. For example, if you have the title deed to your house, you have the legal document, the substance to undergird your confidence that that house belongs to you. That's the substance. Most of you know we have a small family farm down in the Eastern Cape. It's been in our family for about 70 years now. And the title deeds sit in my file at home. 
This farm is a thousand kilometers away from where I live. I can't see it with my eyes each day. But I can reach up into the file and I can pull out the title deed. And I can look at that and I can know. I have a farm in Africa. <laughs> I don't have to see the farm. I don't have to be at the farm. I have the substance. I have the title deed. The evidence is like a bank guaranteed check. Now, who of you have ever written a check? Let's just have a look. Who of you have never written a check? Okay. A check is a funny little piece of paper <laughs> where you make a promise. Now, I don't write checks anymore, but my mother still quite believes in them and uh, carries her checkbook wherever she goes. And from time to time, when it's my birthday, she would perhaps give me a check. And when I get that check and I open it and I look at it, I don't think, oh, I wonder if I'm ever going to see this money. I know, <laughs> and I know I can go and deposit that check at the bank, and it will be made good. I will get the gift, or the, the, the amount on the check. And so, the substance is that, is that title deed, and the evidence is like that check. And so, let me read that scripture again. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you see, it all relates to the invisible world. Faith relates to the invisible world, the world of the unseen. And God tells us that that world is more real than the things we can see with our eyes. It says in Hebrews 11 and verse 3, it says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen is not made out of what was visible. In Hebrews 11 verse 27 it says, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he kept going, he kept right on going, because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Listen to that. He kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. That's faith. Keeping your eyes on the one who is invisible. Not keeping your eyes on the physical things in front of you. The next point I'd like to make is that our faith can grow. And I'm trusting that your faith is growing as we speak about this subject. The Bible does say that each of us is given a measure of faith. John dealt with that. It's from Romans 12 and verse 3. But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. We even see three categories of faith. Mentioned in the New Testament, little faith, great faith, and full of faith. Now, I, I, I like the full of faith idea. And I pray that 
there would be a development in your life in this area to the point where when they appointed Stephen, they said that he was a man full of faith. And so I encourage you in that. And you might say, but how, how, how can my faith grow? How, how can I develop this aspect? Well, the food of faith is the word of God. That's the food of faith. And it says in Romans 10 and verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the Bible also says we can go from faith to faith. It says in Romans 1:17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so God's ultimate plan for us is that we should live a life of faith, and if you want to develop this aspect of your life, take the Word of God and meditate on it. And this aspect of your life will grow. My last point is that we are called to live a life of faith. You and I are called to live a life of faith. Now, faith is like an adventure trip. You start at point A and you end at point B. I've done some hiking in my day, thoroughly enjoyed it. I saw Pastor Derek Puffett is here. He and I used to, he, we used to hike together. And, uh, you know, you want to get to point, from point A, we did the Fish River Canyon. Point A is right at the top where you have to descend into the canyon. And point B is the end, the nice hot springs at eye ice. That's where you want to go. That's faith. At point A, we exercise our faith. Perhaps it's by way of the prayer of faith. We pray a prayer regarding some issue or something in our lives. And the problem then comes between point A and the destination. What happens there? Well, the Bible says, therein lies endurance. And that we have to add endurance to our faith between point A and point B. That's why we keep following the Lord during our lifetimes in anticipation of the gift of eternal life. Because we're still here alive on earth. And so this is what happens. It's how we, how we bridge this gap. We add endurance. Hebrews 6 and verse 12, it says, Follow the example of, the, of those who are going to inherit God's promise because of their faith and endurance. Add a bit of endurance. If you've been holding on for the, for the salvation of a loved one, keep holding on. Keep holding on. In other words, we, have, we, we pray the prayer of faith and we do not give up expecting the answer until it happens, in whatever way it happens. And Jesus is more interested in our faith lives than most of us realize. And part of his current ministry, Jesus' role in ministry, is to assist you and I to mature in faith. You say, how can you say that? Well, it says in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, Jesus says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. There's a maturity. There's a, 
there's, there's something that happens there. Now imagine being personally taught by Jesus. Well, it says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The looking unto Jesus is the faith part. And I believe Jesus, through his word, is the one who takes us from point A to point B. He's the one who does it. And God's ultimate plan for us is that we should live a life of faith. Six centuries before Christ, the prophet Habakkuk said, the righteous shall live by faith. There are two references in the Old Testament to faith, and then there are three references to this very scripture in the New Testament. It's in Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews that the righteous shall live by faith. And I believe it calls on us to cover every area of our lives with faith because you and I are meant to live a life of faith. Would you stand with me as I pray together for us in this regard? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name on this, the 12th of February. Once again, we place our faith, our hope, our confidence in you. Forgive us for perhaps placing our faith in other things. We repent of that today in Jesus' name, and we recognize that faith in you opens the door to possibilities, and we want the possibilities. We recognize that faith is the substance and the evidence, the title deed and the bank guaranteed check of the things we are hoping for. And so we want to keep our eye on the one who is eternal, and that is you, Lord, and cause that faith to go from faith to faith. Cause us to be people who are full of faith. Take us to, from point A to point B in those areas that we are trusting you for, Lord, and we dedicate our lives to be lives of faith in you. And we ask, Lord, that even this very week we would see those possibilities that come as we trust you. I pray your, your blessing on your people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you his peace, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Be people of faith in the new week. Thank you.